Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Web at University Radio, WGWG.org. I'm Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with a new guest host for the next few months. Your name, ma'am? Jen Guberman. Jen Guberman. Uh, Jen is a Gardner Web University student. Uh, she uh, has had a chance to uh, hang out with me talking films in a film class last fall. Was that last fall? I think so. Wow, wow. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy how time flies when you're a college student or work on a college campus. Um, and, and Jen has agreed uh, to become a BFCA scholar uh, this semester. Well, she was invited and uh, submitted materials, and she was selected. And so we're happy to have you. I'm glad to be here. Well, let's talk a little bit about, let's, uh, talk a little bit about who Jen Guberman is and uh, let our listeners uh, get a chance to, to find out a little bit more about you. Uh, let's talk about where you're from. And um, what, what, you know, talk about a little bit more about you here at Gardner Web as well. Sure. Um, I'm from Huntersville, North Carolina, so it's really only about an hour from campus. Um, but I stay really involved on campus. I'm a part of pretty much anything and everything, or I have been at some point in my three years here. Um, I'll be graduating in December, so semester early. I'm a public relations major and film and French minors, but I want to do graphic design. So kind of all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a lot of, um, you're drawn to international stuff with mm-hmm. your French yes. aspect, but also several different communication levels to mm-hmm. your life because you, um, well, also you're an author as well. Yep. <laughs> and um, so that's English, but the things you write about connect to things you like within film. This is true. So yeah. let's let's talk about uh, the world of film and what you're drawn to, some of your favorite films. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of those. Well, I'm not super picky about films, but I definitely have my favorites. I really like anything dystopian. I'm not okay. particularly picky. I know a lot of people say that dystopian stuff is kind of declining now and it's, it's time is done, but I, I disagree. I still love it, and it's definitely what I'm most passionate about. But as weird as it is to some people... I come off as this really happy individual, but I really like psychological <laughs> horror movies as well. <laughs> you like really dark stuff, I right? do, I do, yeah. <laughs> if it really messes with your mind, especially if it's the movie, like kind of movie where you're watching it and you're like, is this real? Right. Is this not real? What's going on? Like, I'm probably going to like it. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, uh, give me some of the films that are on your list of, if some, somebody says to you, hey, whoa, give me a film or two that you like. What are some films? Um, well, even though it doesn't actually fit necessarily into the dystopian or psychological right. horror, I'm a big Harry Potter nut. Okay. So those are definitely on that list. <laughs> so do you do the Harry Potter costumes and dress up when you, do you do that? <laughs> are you that much of a uh, nut? I mean, I, I have a lot of Harry uh, Potter things. I'm a Ravenclaw personally. Okay. <laughs> I actually just got a package the other day. One of my friends sent me a Ravenclaw jacket. Okay. So I'm pretty psyched about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've never actually seen the previews when they came, or not the previews, the um, premieres when gotcha. they came out in theaters because okay. I got into it a little late. Okay. Well, what is it about Potter, uh, the whole Potter world mm. that you uh, are drawn to? I like, Almost like it's diversity in it, because I think if you watch the whole series, especially, I mean, they start off really happy and they do get darker. Um, so it's got a little bit of, in a way, there's a little comedy in there, especially mm-hmm. if you're looking at more of, um, I believe it's the sixth one, really kind of brings in a little bit of that, as well as the early ones. Right. Um, you've got some romance, you've got the drama. I wouldn't necessarily say you have horror, per se, yeah. but there are more... I guess, scary yeah, elements. Yeah, there's some scary to, elements. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So it's got a little bit of everything. A lot of action. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and um, you know, interesting when you look at the films as a whole, mm-hmm. you, you see these amazing character arcs, which um, you, you may not see within the individual films, but when you watch them as a whole, it's like, wow. Sure. You know, you really do see characters change and become quite different, and there's some un- unexpected things that happen 
through that um, as well. Uh, some of the other films, give me some others that you uh, you like, Bryn, and give me reasons why. I really like, as far as psychological horror goes, I really like The Forest. It's fairly new. Um, it's not like a super old one. But that one was really good. I like the first Divergent movie, but they kind of lost me after right. that one. Yeah. Um, and I like the Hunger Games series okay. as well. Okay. Let's go back to The Forest. What is it mm-hmm. about um, that? Is it playing with your mind horror that gets to you? Definitely. In um in that movie, it's kind of the whole concept, without spoiling too much, it's yep. um, this one woman, her twin sister goes missing, and she hears a rumor that she went... So her sister lived in Japan, and there's this forest there. It's called the Suicide Forest, and kind of the name implies, right. you know. Uh, so the twin sister goes missing there, so obviously the protagonist gets super freaked out about that. Um, and she heads off to go find her sister, and the locals are warning her, like, hey, the forest makes you see things, and if you have an ounce of sadness in you, it's yeah. just going to get worse. Okay. And so when she goes, things really start to mess with her mind, and the viewer doesn't really know, is this in her mind? Is this what right. she's really seeing? Is it haunted? Is it just her mind? Like, you, you just yeah, don't know what's going on. There are some amazing films that can do that and do that very well. Um, do you, when you're watching those kind of films, mm-hmm. do you like there to be closure, or do you like for there to be open-endedness? Or does it depend? It, it definitely depends. Okay. Um, I like a little bit of closure, but at the same time, I like it to be left open to discussion because right. I very rarely will just go by myself to the movies. I'll okay. drag somebody along right, with me. Right. And after a movie, I think if it definitely says something about how successful a movie is if afterwards you're talking about right. it. Right, yeah. Um, so yeah. I like the kind of movies that make you, I mean, especially if you have somebody that goes with you and they have different theories than you yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. They, and, and when you do that, and, and we'll, we'll be doing this on this show um, mm-hmm. this, um, this year as well, yeah, when you talk about the same kinds of films, sometimes uh, not only are, diff- are there different perspectives on likes and dislikes, but also sometimes people will pick things up that maybe another person didn't. It's like, whoa, wow, I didn't think about that, or I didn't see that. Um, that's why when there's a film that I really like, I love to watch it uh, second viewing mm-hmm. because I know I know the storyline, I know the narrative, but I, I start looking for clues and for things that may be dropped in. Maybe they're Easter eggs, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe it's just you know um, some you know, getting a closer look at the character and, and, and asking some of the some of the questions. And I've done that this summer. There have been several films I've gone back and watched. Um, again, and uh, and doing that and asking the question, okay, is this movie still as good the second mm-hmm. go around? And one of my favorites of the summer, this is kind of a um, uh, an advanced tease for a few weeks because we do want to talk about hits and misses of the summer. Um, Baby Driver was a was a great surprise for me. Uh, it looked fun, but I had no idea just how much fun I would have in this in this movie. And seen it three times this summer. Um, my son and I both saw it three times. We went to a screening, and we were like, wow, this is different. It's unique. Uh, it's not the typical action heist dark comedy. Uh, it's, it's, it's something different about it. And uh, watching that a second time, it was just as good, but I was able to look for some, um, some really interesting layers that I hadn't thought about the first time. And then the third time, even more so. So um, I... It's, it's hard for me to go back to a theater. It's, it's not hard. It's unusual for me to go back to the theater for multiple viewings. Um, but I do. You know, I, mm-hmm. I watch it on Redbox or DVD or on demand or whatever um, later. But um, certain films, yeah, I just like that experience. Um, so what, what um, do you like about going to theaters to watch movies? Or do you like going to theaters <laughs> to watch movies? I actually do, um, especially if it's a horror movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> just okay. because, and action movies too, honestly, kind of fall into this, um, because I feel like 
when you scale, even if you have a big TV at home, it still kind of scales it down and it doesn't really pull you into it quite as much as if it's like this massive screen in front of you and the room is dark and it just, especially the surround sound too, all of it really helps to like pull you into it. Whereas I feel like for a romance movie, it's not as, it's not as necessary. It's a lot easier to just curl up at home with like some ice cream or something and watch those kind (laughs) of movies. Yeah. (laughs) That too. Ice cream or a date or ice cream and a date. (laughs) Um, What's the, uh, the last movie that you saw in theaters that you just said, yeah, I'm glad I went to see this in a movie theater. Hmm. That's a tough question. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I feel like probably honestly, and it wasn't that it was one of the best movies I've right. seen, but it, it would have lost a lot of quality, I mm-hmm. feel like, if you'd seen it at home. Okay. Uh, but the movie 47 Meters Down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I saw that this mm-hmm. summer. And I feel like, again, kind of with the action thing, yeah. if you're seeing a bunch of sharks swimming around, right. these two girls trapped in this you know, yeah. shark cage, it doesn't really have as much appeal when it's a smaller screen and you're yeah. sitting in you know, a bright room. It definitely helps if you turn yeah. the lights off in a room and Yeah, all that. You know, those films like that play to that kind of claustrophobia mm-hmm. aspect. And Dunkirk did the very same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but from, from a standpoint of war and you have these, um, these soldiers you know, trapped basically on this island and then every time they try to get off they get trapped on ships that start sinking mm-hmm. and so you got water pouring in and so it really played to um this kind of feeling of being held captive to things you can't control mm-hmm. and uh, excellent film um for the summer and that'll be one that i believe as we approach award season uh will will be talked about it's uh, had quite a quite a strong run uh, at the box office internationally as well and that kind of um, leads into um, you, you talked about you're a French minor. Mm-hmm. Um, do you watch or have you watched many international films? I've watched a handful of French films. I okay. actually took a French film class uh, okay. last semester, so I saw so they were ranging from older ones to newer ones and all kinds of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had some interesting ones. Um, one in particular, real briefly, it was uh, Les Yeux Sans Visage, which basically means the eyes without a face. Right. And it was about, it was a real old movie, black and white. It was about this girl who, I think she was in an accident or something happened, and basically her face was, like, mangled and destroyed, and her dad was a doctor, and he was trying to find her a replacement face. Okay. And so All he right. was, like, abducting these girls and taking yeah. their faces. <laughs> Sounds like a, a Twilight Zone episode yeah. or something. Wow. Okay. Yeah, right. it, was, it was definitely interesting. French films are very different okay. than American films. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and and you know, culturally, it is interesting that there are things that we may watch and we may say, ah, I don't get that. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's because it was all about the culture, and that's why when you look at American comedy, mm-hmm. it many times does not translate well overseas. Mm-hmm. Action films translates really well, um, but but comedy because of the essence of. Um, the, the pop culture references or things that are relating to uh, the society you live in, it, it doesn't work as well overseas. Um, and, and the same can be the other way around. Uh, there have been a, a couple films that I've watched recently that were international films. There's one that I really liked. Uh, actually, it's one of my favorite films of the year. And uh, it's a Korean film. It's called A Taxi Driver and really explores the dangers of what reporters go through in order to get the story. And uh, it also salutes these ordinary citizens that kind of assist reporters on their journey. And it's called a taxi driver because there's this German reporter that's covering this military um, takeover, this military oppressiveness happening in, uh, in a part of, uh, of South Korea. And uh, a taxi driver ends up helping move this reporter along and helping 
find the, the right location. It starts out as a comedy, or you feel like you're watching a comedy, and it's funny, and it translates really well. It's very situational, and um, a lot of very physical comedy uh, that felt real. It didn't feel like a slapstick. It just felt real. Um, and, and then w- once it dives into the actual subject matter, you realize, well, this isn't a comedy. This is a drama, a, a really pure drama based on a true story. Um, it is uh, told through English language and um, and Korean language with subtitles as well. And I was amazed that the story was compelling, um, very solid acting, uh, wonderful direction. The shot selections were absolutely marvelous. Um, and the music really fit. And uh, there was this kind of raw reality to what you know, I was kind of seeing unfold. So it's one of my favorites of the year. It's called A Taxi Drivers and Limited Release. And so I'd recommend that from an international standpoint. You can find that. There are a lot of these international films that are being released by big studios, and they've got their independent divisions or their foreign language divisions. Uh, the next one I'm going to talk about is called 13 Minutes, and it's uh, a Sony classic, which uh, they either release independent films or foreign-made films into uh, limited audiences in the U.S. Uh, or video on demand at the same day, and we're seeing much, much more of that. And uh, I like that because many of these films will not see the light of day in, in small towns. You only see them if you go to uh, you know, Charlotte or you know, Washington, D.C., you know, San Antonio, Texas, your big cities, New York, L.A., uh, but you don't see them in small towns. And um, to be able to see them you know, video on demand same day it's a great way for people to see some good films that they may not get a chance to see otherwise. So these are not your blockbusters that are going to make tons of money, but still worth seeing. Uh, 13 Minutes is a German-language film based on the true story of a um, World War II German resistance fighter um, who uh, creates this, has basically um, sets up this bomb to assassinate Hitler. Of course, we know the story. He didn't assassinate Hitler. But there were several attempts, and this is one of those. And there's a story question that drives the whole film. You, you see flashbacks, and you're seeing multiple things happen, and you're constantly going, okay, was that before? Yeah, that's before, that's after. But this guy was a musician. He was a clockmaker. He wasn't some political activist. Uh, and he wasn't one that you would see um, you know, on the streets that would have any reason for you to believe, okay, this is the person that's going to bring down a government. Nothing like that. And so the question that drives it is, you know, why did this musician and clockmaker choose to attack the um, Adolf Hitler, and did he do it alone? And that's the question that drives it, because you, you see him uh, once he's captured, and, and this happens within the first 15 minutes, so no spoilers here. He's captured, and um, you see him tortured um, kind of throughout the film, and uh, they keep trying to get him to give up someone. So it's a war, mystery, drama uh, strong acting, a really interesting piece of history that I didn't know a whole lot about. Um, but at times there's there's this pacing issue. It, it, it just feels kind of sluggish, and that kind of weighs it down. Um, and so that's the, the, the biggest problem I had with it was it just felt really slow and sluggish at times. And uh, and this was all in uh, the German language with uh, with English subtitles. And so it could be a cultural thing. You know, maybe this is one of those that would have appealed much higher uh, if I spoke German. Um, but still a good film, not great film. I'm giving this one a B minus. Um, but there was one quote that I loved uh, that the uh, main character said. He said, if humanity isn't free, everything will die with it. And I really, really like that a lot. So if you're out there and you get a chance to watch international films, uh, take a chance. Uh, you may find some uh, surprises. 
And then you may find some uh, people without faces that may not be the surprises you're looking for. So there you go. Um, any international films you would recommend or French films that you would recommend? There's one. I want to say it's called The Untouchables, Untouchables something okay. like that. Um, but it's, it's wonderful. It's, the funny thing is, though, is a lot of French films, they don't like to wrap it up in the end with a pretty little bow. But this one kind of takes on a little bit more of an Americanized style, okay. though it still keeps the French culture with okay. it. It's, All a, right. it's a really good one. All right. And it's called either Untouchables or Intouchables. I think it's the Intouchables. All right. But it's French. Yes. All right. You can you can check that out. If you're just joining us, I'm Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with Jen Guberman. This is Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WG, WG.org. Our home delivery section, this is where we talk about uh, DVDs, Blu-rays, uh, on-demand, online streaming, Redbox, Things that are out and about now that you uh, that you may want to check out. Some can be brand new, and some may be some old ones that have been uh, recycled and uh, remastered. So, there's one uh, that you're going to give a little review on as well. You know, Oscar winner Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. uh, Hermione in this movie <laughs> as well. Uh, let's get your thoughts on the Circle. I personally enjoyed the Circle. I gave it a B plus. Um, I can see by your face that you didn't quite agree. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I personally love both Tom Hanks and Emma Watson. I right. thought they both did a good job with it. I f- found it really interesting that they were both in a movie together. That right. wasn't really something I would have normally expected. Um, but it's a sci-fi drama about a woman named May who's played by Emma Watson. Um, she was hired for her dream job but begins to learn that the technology that the company is using, uh, they've kind of pushed ethical boundaries and really start to invade people's privacy. And it really just kind of questions the direction that society's headed in. Right. And I really like the whole, I guess it's both psychological and sociological element of yep. it. And how these people, you have some that agree with it and some that are like, yeah, this is great. And technology is going places. And then you have some people that are like, no, this is wrong. Like it's really actually quite creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you've got everything in between. And I really... I like the psychological aspect of it and how different people take that kind of thing because in a way we're not super far, maybe far off from, you know, that extent of it. But at the same time, I mean, I heard about, I want to say it was in Wisconsin. Don't quote me on the location. (laughs) Um, But there was a company that's basically putting like chips in people, like the employees' hands at this one business and having them use that instead of ID cards. And so honestly, in a way it's, not it's quite that far yeah, off. Yeah. And, you know, and we haven't been that far off anyway when you think about, you know, we're walking in, uh, in our hands. We've got a walking computer mm-hmm. that allows people to track you by your phone number or by the internal aspects of it. I mean, I know my kids, um, I mean, I've, and, and I don't track them, but if their phone's missing, I've used it before to track their phones. I can, I can figure out where that phone is. And so, yeah, we've already been headed toward that. Um, already in a way and uh, there have been some really interesting tv shows and movies that uh, talk through that there was a um, a pretty cool tv show dystopian several years ago um that had um oh wow um it it was a a dark dark i've gone completely dark angel um and it had um jessica alba in it uh, james cameron produced and directed in it directed it and there were these kind of enhanced people but they were all they all had barcodes hmm. and so the tracking aspect of you know how do you track these you know these if, if they're going to have extra powers we're going to track them and see where they are and um that was just one portion of of that but yeah cameron's always had an interest in um in kind of this dark future and uh technology running amok and going uh crazy 
Um, so yeah, B plus for you uh, on this. Um, I gave it a C plus. Um, <laughs> I thought it was was good, not great. I, I, I love the act. I do love um, both Tom Hanks and Watson. I like both of them a lot. But I thought at times, from a pacing standpoint, this rushed some things. Um, I felt that uh, there was this one scene in particular where um, you know, Emma Watson, what was her name? Uh, in the, May. In the, May mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, May was you know working at this computer and doing her job, and these two people kind of walk up behind her, and they feel very weird and fake, and almost like they're cult, like in some kind of weird cult. Mm-hmm. And it it went from being something that I felt was realistic to something that was almost campy at that point. And I don't think it stayed mm-hmm. that way, but it still kind of took me by surprise to see that. And then I felt that she, once she started going down, spoiler alert, she starts mm-hmm. going down um, the path of, um, of you know, not quite drinking the Kool-Aid, but drinking the <laughs> Kool-Aid. Uh, I felt she went down that path a lot faster than I thought she should have mm-hmm. based on what she came in with. And I felt that, you know, light switch went a little too fast. Uh, Tom Hanks is really, in, in many ways, just a supporting character. Um, I mean, of course, he carried the, the name of it, but mm-hmm. he was only on screen maybe 15 minutes, maybe 15, 20 yeah, minutes. It wasn't very long. Um, and there was another great uh, Patton, um, the, uh, the, his, his sidekick. Uh, was really good and funny. I liked mm-hmm. him as well. But it, this movie, it, it did also, um, you know, you was it sci-fi? Was it um, alternate drama? You know, I don't really know how to classify this because yeah. it did have elements of um, kind of modern-day society, but we're just that close to maybe something like this happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even kind of went into politics and looked at, you know, if, if there was control, you know, how would that impact politics? And that was interesting. The story is very interesting to me. That's one of the things I really, really liked about it. But the, uh, that kind of that fast pacing and then the, uh, the, the, the two nut jobs that were, uh, you know, coming up behind stalking uh, May um, <laughs> took me away from it just a little bit. Uh, so C-plus for me. Uh, what are some other films that you want to recommend or at least uh, mention that are uh, being released uh, in home delivery? Uh, there are two actually coming out. Um, one of them was King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. I have not had the opportunity to see this yet, uh, but it was just released on DVD and Blu-ray on August 8th. Um, I had to look up the description because, again, <laughs> I personally haven't seen this one, but I'd yeah. like to. Um, I remember seeing the trailers for it and wanting yeah. to see it and yeah. never having the chance. Uh, but it says that... it. It's basically about this guy. It says, robbed of his birthright, Arthur comes up in the hard way in the back alleys of the city. But once he pulls a sword from the stone, he is forced to acknowledge his true legacy, whether he likes it or not. So it kind of keeps it a little vague. But I I remember watching the trailers, and it looks very yeah. action-packed, yeah, <laughs> to yeah, say yeah, the least. Yeah, we, we've seen the Arthur story, um, you know, um, wow, so many times mm-hmm. in so many different ways. And... What will draw me to these, and I watch every one of these. I have not seen this one, but now that mm-hmm. it's out, I will check it out. Um, I do like the action. I also like to see what perspective the director or the screenwriters take with a story that so many people know. Mm-hmm. How do you make it different? How do you make it compelling? The movie did not do well at the box office. Um, you know, was not a big success there uh, uh, here in the U.S. Did okay overseas, internationally, but... Not a huge success here, but I am looking forward to checking that out. I'll mention um, one uh, that's on uh, home delivery. It was a film that was released early this summer, uh, Alien Covenant. Um, 
the the prequel and sequel. Uh, it's a prequel to the original Alien franchise, but it's a sequel to Prometheus that was released just a few years ago. Um, this film I'm giving a C plus. Um, it 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 offered nothing new uh, from a from a standpoint of anyone who knows the uh, the Alien story. It didn't provide anything compelling. It felt like it was really recycling the same storylines and things we've seen before um, with with many characters that I felt were kind of forgettable on this. So uh, C-plus for that. Uh, August 15th um, is the date that that was uh, released on uh, DVD, Blu-ray, and On Demand. You've got another one, uh, correct, to mention as well? It's called Slight. Um, it actually sounds really interesting as well. It's about a young street magician um, who's left to care for his little sister. And after his parents pass away, he turns to... An, I quote, illegal activities (laughs) to keep a roof over their heads. But um, after a while, his sister ends up kidnapped and he apparently resorts to using magic and his brilliant mind to save her. Um, That came out on uh, DVD on August 1st, but it's not yet uh, set for Redbox. It's, well, it's set for Redbox, but not till August 29th. Okay, (laughs) all right. Uh, A couple more. I will will mention these. Uh, One of these is a, a new film. Another is an old film. It's got some uh, some new approaches to it. Hopscotch, uh, a classic film from uh, Walter Matthau, is getting a special Blu-ray touch, featuring a ton of bonus features, including an uh, original interview with Matthau on one of these uh, talk shows. It was a Dick Cavett show, which is kind of like a, a Jimmy Fallon or a Jimmy Kimmel. And uh, it's really interesting seeing um, this particular uh, actor on a show like that, and it's kind of one of those lost footage things. Also, uh, this is a based on a true story film and a story I didn't know anything about. We've all heard the Rocky Balboa story. You know, Rocky, the movie um, franchise, incredibly successful franchise. Even um, you had a spinoff with Creed a few years ago, and they're doing a Creed two. So it's a franchise that keeps on living. Well, I never knew this, but that was actually based. Rocky was based on a true story. Uh, there was a guy named a uh, boxer by the name of uh, Chuck Webner who was this unknown boxer that went 15 rounds with the champion Muhammad Ali and got knocked out in the 15th round but but lasted uh, with like, I think, 12 seconds left in that final round. And so this is the story behind the Rocky Balboa story, and it, it shows how um, Rocky purchased the rights to do this, and it's called Chuck. Uh, simply Chuck is the name of this. We've got just a few minutes. Um, want to... Um, talk about movie trailers these are some uh now trending trailers of the week you may want to check out throw yours out and then i will talk about mine as well the new it movie um so i know the original came out i believe in 1990 um but they're about to release the next one on september 8th and i know a lot of people who are like super excited about this one whether or not they've seen the original a bunch of stephen king fans even my grandma she's a huge stephen king fan (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I've seen these videos, like the different trailers pop up on my Facebook. Every time a new one's released, yeah. one of my friends is sharing it. Yeah. Um, it looks creepy. It, it looks yeah. really creepy. Yeah. Um, I've watched the trailer for the original one and just right. kind of comparing them side by side, yeah. just how much film has changed over yeah. time. Yeah. And that sure. was also a made for TV miniseries mm-hmm. too. So a, a bit different from that yeah. standpoint as well. But, uh, Stephen King, a busy summer, uh, the dark tower, um, uh, was released this summer too. um, a, uh, a Western fantasy sci-fi mixture action film. Um, the, the book series, pretty cool, um, but the movie, not as much. C-minus for me on the movie. So uh, there are uh, several other uh, better Stephen King adaptations out there, and maybe we'll talk about some of those on some uh, future shows. Uh, anything else you want to add about uh, about it before I dive in? 
Um, just no. a personal recommendation. It's real funny. But if you look on YouTube, there are actually different parodies for the new trailers. Okay. <laughs> Somebody did a Cat in the Hat version. Okay. If you're looking to, if okay. you're already afraid of clowns and you yeah. just want to feel better after yeah. watching the trailer, okay. never hurts. Awesome. Well, I'll check that out. <laughs> um, a, uh, a film I want to recommend just from the trailer standpoint is called The Shape of the Water. Uh, Oscar winner Octavia Spencer in this uh, movie that's directed by Guillermo Guillermo de Toro. It's a sci-fi fantasy fish-out-of-water love story about a sea creature and a mute and their supernatural bond and the relationship challenges that they have along the way. This is scheduled for release in December. Looks really interesting, really intriguing. Um, Highly recommend just checking the trailer out uh, if you like uh, sci-fi fantasy and love stories kind of combined there. Um, that's called The Shape of the Water. Well, we're about out of time, but I want to give Jen any final thoughts or final comments you want to share before we Nothing dive on? for me. All right, uh, Jen Guberman hanging out, talking movies with us right here on Cinema Scene, Garden Web University Radio. We'll be back next week to talk more about uh, new releases, maybe give you some reviews and other thoughts on things to check out as far as Hollywood mayhem and madness. Until next time, that's a wrap.